0: Can we turn in our Bibles this evening to the second book of Kings? The second book of Kings in the Old Testament and chapter 5. Again, it's a well-known portion of Scripture in the Word of God. It speaks of Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria. And this is what the Word of God hath to say. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honourable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valour but he was a leper and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid And she waited on Naaman's wife, and she said unto her mistress, Would God my lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel, and the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? That this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee. And thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth. And went away and said. Behold I thought. He will surely come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. And strike his hand over the place. And recover the leper. Are not Abana and Pharpar?" Rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldest thou not? Have done it. How much rather then, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. I want to deal with the the subject this evening how to possess a triumphant testimony in the midst of a wicked world. Can be difficult, can't it? For you and for me to live a righteous and an upright, a godly life when it appears that there is so much wickedness and so much sin that's around us I'm sure you'll agree that it's relatively easy to be faithful to God when everything in the garden is rosy it's easy to serve the Lord when the sunshine of God's blessing is is beating down on your life and on my life when the blessing of God is is flowing through all that we say and and through all that we do and we are riding on the crest of a wave. It's so easy to serve God in those days, to serve him, to love him, to worship him, to, to be faithful to him when the sea of your life and mine seems so calm and so stable but friends what about when when the storm comes into your life and when it comes into mine and the storm will surely come at some stage what happens when when the lights go out and and all of a sudden you and i are in abstract darkness what about when all our plans and all our programs and aspirations, when they're all frustrated and they all have to be cast to one side, when the circumstances of life change in just a moment of time. It was a way back in August 2020 that I had two business appointments. One was in Castle Rock up there on the, the north coast, the the other appointment was over in County Donegal, and it was in a place called Muff. I don't know if any have ever visited there, but I was advised that the best way to get from Castle Rock to the place called Muff was to take the ferry across the River Foyle. It's just a, a shore crossing, and, and whilst the boat was, was crossing the Foyle, I asked one of the charge hands, when, when I get off the boat, do I turn left? in order to go to Muff. And of course he said, yes, but there was a terrible accident on that road just last evening and I think you'll be perhaps diverted. I was later told that during a horrendous storm the night before, very sadly a car careered off the road to the grassy bank at Quigley Point, and sadly it plunged into the River Foil. The father died, his 12-year-old son died, sadly his six-year-old daughter died, and only the mother survived. Do you know, as I listened to the story that was being told, I was greatly burdened for that family, and particularly for the woman Geraldine Mullen, her name was. And Geraldine became a big part of my prayer life, certainly over the next number of weeks and months. The funeral service was broadcast on UTV. And the sole survivor, Geraldine Mullen, the the mother in that family, the the wife of the man who had died also, she said these words. In seconds, our life was completely changed. Folks, we're coming up to that anniversary. And please pray for, for Geraldine that the Lord might give her grace in her hour of need. But such events of dark providence, you and I are sometimes called upon to bear. And on many occasions, they are inexplicable. We just can't fathom the mind of God, the wisdom of God, the purpose of God in it all. Oftentimes, events overtake us and we suddenly become victims of circumstances as things beyond our control take place of paramount importance over our life. Well, that's what happened in the passage that we read together. We'll know the passage quite well because it speaks of, of Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria. And we have much information about Naaman in, in verse 1, that he was a great man to his masters. He was an honorable man because the Lord had given deliverance through him. The Bible says he was a mighty man in valor. And then it says, but he was a leper. And all too often we focus our attention upon Naaman and how the Lord moved in his life and eventually he comes before Elisha the prophet and he bathes in Jordan and then his flesh was whole once more. But I want us to consider not so much Naaman in the passage, but I want us to consider The life of the little maid that's mentioned in the passage. She's mentioned in only three verses in the entire Scriptures. In fact, we'll read the three verses. Verse 2, 3, and 4. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel. Watch this. A little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And folks, that's all we have to deal with this evening. Just those three verses that speak of this little maid who had been taken captive. There's not a lot that we can glean from the passage. We don't know her her background. The Bible doesn't give us those details We don't know anything about her parents, whether she had one or whether her two parents were still alive. We don't know if she had siblings, brothers and sisters. Bible doesn't tell us anything of her age. Friends, we don't even know her name this evening. But what a trophy of grace this little maid became in the home of her captors. And what an instrument she became in the hand of God and a blessing to Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria. You see, one day this little maid awoke out of her sleep. She was in her own bed, in her own home, gathered around were her own family. But unbeknownst to her, the Syrian army, under the leadership of Captain Naaman, were heading for her very city. Their intention was to destroy, was to wipe out a people, was to rob and pillage the city of all its wealth, and to take captive those that they thought might be of some use and bring them in bondage back to their homeland. It is true, you know, that sometimes bad things happen to good people in this life. And that's what happened to this young girl. She was kidnapped. She was swept away by a tyrant. He was an evil aggressor who removed her from the safety, from the comforts of her own home. How true those words are in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for we know not what a day may bring forth. Being taken away From her home and her family is bad enough but this young maid was taken right into the very home of the man who planned and organized the attack upon her people. I wonder can we get a glimpse this evening of the first night that she spent in Naaman's home as she buries her head into a pillow and weeps herself to sleep. As she thinks of the cries of her family and friend as they were being bruised and batten and beaten by Naaman's soldiers. And now she resides as a slave in Syria, in the very home of the kidnapper, Naaman. Himself. And she's given a job, the responsibility, and and it's this to wait upon Naaman's wife, to be a a helpmeter, a handmaid, and to cater for all of her needs. I'm sure it wasn't easy for her to perform such a task at a young and tender age. We said that we didn't know much uh, about the background of this little maid, but what we do know is that she's about to have an influence in this home, in the home in which she is being held as a hostage. And what an influence she would have. That influence in the home would reach the very palace of the king of Syria. In fact, it goes beyond that. For here, in Carrie Duff, this evening, some thousand years and more later, we are reflecting upon this young maid who lived those many years ago and was so faithful to the God of heaven. Let's just pause for a while, friends. Never think for a moment that the Lord can't use you and your life. Never think that the unwavering faithfulness that you display towards God cannot reach the hearts and souls of the unregenerate and bring them to saving faith in the Lord Jesus. You see, the Lord takes ordinary people in the Scriptures, and through ordinary people, he does extra ordinary things. He takes the natural, and through the natural, he performs the supernatural. Never think that you can't be an influence for God and an influence for good in this life in which we live. It's not your success that the Lord's interested in. It's not our bank balance, our prosperity or the land that we may own. It's not even our popularity that the Lord requires, but rather it's our faithfulness. And it's our faithfulness in his service, especially, especially when the going gets tough, that we are faithful during the dark days, faithful during the difficult days I wonder, beloved, do you know anything about that this evening? Or when the problems and the storms of life come along, do we go to pieces as an individual? Here was a little maid whose life had completely collapsed all around her in just a few moments. And circumstances had developed whereby she was now taken what did she lose well she lost her family we don't know if her parents fell victim to this vicious attack of the syrian army the bible doesn't tell us she lost her home for she was kidnapped and taken some 500 miles away She lost her freedom. No longer could she choose where she would go or what she would do. She lost her liberty. She's now incarcerated in the home of the captain of the king of the Syrian army. But friends, in the midst of it all, she didn't lose her faith in the God of heaven. She didn't lose confidence In the God of Israel, she didn't lose the Lord. I don't know your circumstances this evening, but I know a God who does. And he's brought you this far, and it's not this far so that you will be forsaken in this life. Remember, our God knows the end from the beginning. And he's fully aware this evening of... Of your plight, of your problems, of your many prayers to him. This we made, though she was so small and so young. Do you know she was to become so mighty in the things of God. I want you to see the humility which she displayed. We don't read of her, you see, creating anarchy in Naaman's home. We don't read of her resisting any of the instructions of Naaman's wife or, or being rebellious or obstinate or causing any issues in Naaman's home. Oh, she had every reason to be rebellious and obstinate as a young adolescent. But we don't witness those attributes in her life. The Bible doesn't say anything about it but rather we observe something of a a Christ-like spirit in the life of this maid. She, like the great apostle Paul, could have said, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You see, this little maid had been crowned in the truth of God's Word, by faithful, God-fearing parents. She saw her kidnap, though difficult to accept, she saw her kidnapping as being part of the greater plan of God for her life. I don't believe for a moment that she understood it. Perhaps she couldn't even explain why had it all happened? But here was this we made, who just had confidence that God was about to do something in her life. I mentioned this morning that I have the joy of taking the Bible class in Hebron, and during one series, we decided that we would look at the, the life of Joseph for five weeks, it was planned. There were five Sundays in the month. But you know that five-week study, it run over into perhaps, I would say, the best part of 18 months. Because we kept seeing all all the high points and the low points and the high points and the low points in Joseph's life. We noted that what men meant for his bad in his life, God meant for his good how he was loved of the father but how he was hated of his brethren how he was sold to the Ishmaelites it was a a, a poor day in the life of Joseph but how God in his divine and infinite counsel and purpose had him purchased by Potiphar and taken to Potiphar's house how he was faithful to his master Potiphar it was a high point in his life but how he was seduced by Potiphar's wife there was a low point taken from the place of prominence in Potiphar's palace and thrown into the prison house and left in darkness His life was a life of ups and downs. Friends, just like your life and just like mine. And I'm sure that this maid could relate to the life of Joseph and maybe maybe you and I can also. You see, she had to now learn a, a new language. This maid had to consider a new culture. She had to serve a new taskmaster, a new schoolmaster, but all the humility that she displayed. We can see something of her character and and the manner in which she was raised. It's a tremendous tribute and testimony to her godly parents, for they had done a great job in raising her in the fear and admonition of the Lord. This we made had a good grounding in the truth of God's Word. She had a humble spirit, a humble and a contrite heart. Let me say to the parents that may be here this evening, never despise, never despise the responsibility that the Lord has given you to ground your offspring in the truth of God's Word, the humility which he displayed, the integrity which he demonstrated. What does that word integrity really mean? Well, it means to be honest. It means to maintain strong moral principles. In fact, the dictionary definition says this integrity is to follow your moral or ethical conviction in doing the right things in all circumstances, even when no one is watching. Having integrity means that you are true to yourself and would do nothing that would demean or dishonor your credibility before others. And so this little maid, she just served in silence in the home of Naaman with humility with dignity, with reliability, with spirituality, and with great integrity. You see, the world was watching her. Providentially, she realized, young though she was, that this has happened to me for a purpose. The Bible says, or rather, our our Westminster Standard says, what are the decrees of God? And we read that the decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his own will, whereby for his own glory he hath foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. And so this was all in the plan. It was all in the purpose of an eternal God. And she realized that God has not made a mistake here. It's part of his plan that I'm taken captive to Samaria. It's part of his plan that I'm serving and waiting upon the wife of the captain of the Syrian army. I believe that she she noted that God had planned and God had purposed it all for her life. And she got to the stage where she realised, I need to shine for God in this dark and in this dismal place. I don't know what crisis you may be facing this evening, dear Christian, but I know that in the midst of it all, Christ wants you to tell for him in the midst of the storm. He wants you to shine for him. He wants you to bear fruit for him and to walk and to talk and to witness and to speak whilst the watching world looks on. And so we can see the wisdom that this young maid had I'm going to serve God in the home of my captors. I can see Naaman's wife, you know, observing this little maid who's been taken from her family, her home. And she watches how she behaves, how she conducts herself. She observes her conversation, she notes her conviction and her compassion which she appears to have. Maybe one day, as the we maid is attending to her needs, maybe one day she says, Do you miss home? Do you miss your family? And now the we made, she's presented with a glorious opportunity, isn't she? To exalt the Lord before Naaman's wife. Ma'am, this is all in keeping with God's plan and God's purpose. I'm not here because the Syrian army. I'm not here because your husband took me captive. I'm here because in the plan and purpose of God, the Lord has designed it all. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will I not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. The humility which she displayed, the integrity which she demonstrated, folks, can we see the sympathy which she declared? Come with me for a few moments to the living quarters of Naaman's home and Naaman's wife appears to be downcast. She's depressed. She's discouraged as she debates with those who are in her courts. The leprosy of Naaman seems to be getting worse and worse. The wee maids looking on. She listens to the conversation. Perhaps she's combing the hair of her mistress and she's watching as as Naaman's wife sobs because of his physical deterioration and the increase of leprosy as it grows worse and worse. And though this man had taken the maid from her home, she strangely feels burdened to say something. And all of a sudden, she cries out in, in the midst of the quarters in which she is now living Would to God. Look at verse 3. Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And all of a sudden, the room is saturated with the presence of God. Just one brief sentence in the whole of the Bible. Just 20 words, if you count them. But oh, what passion. Oh, what conviction. Oh, what assurance and authority. What sympathy she appears to have as the tears roll down the cheeks of Naaman's wife. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's not ordinary behavior. It's extraordinary behavior. Or well, perhaps if it was you and I, we'd be thinking to ourselves, well, I hope it gets worse. He's taken me from my family. He's taken me from my loved ones. He's taken me from my home. And I hear now that he has leprosy and it's not getting better. It's it's growing worse and worse. Perhaps you and I would say, well, good luck to him. But not so with the we made. Would to God that my Lord would get before the prophet which is in Samaria for he would cure him of his leprosy. We see the testimony that developed. Look at verse 4. And one went in and told his Lord saying thus and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel. The comments that she made the compassion that she showed the conviction that she had the concern that she displayed i'm convinced that all in the royal court looked upon the maid that day and she knew and they knew that here was a wee girl who knew the god of heaven You know, the Lord can take us. And though we might feel that we have nothing to give God, we haven't the gift of oratory or eloquence. We couldn't stand and and, and take a public meeting or we couldn't represent the God of heaven in, in the sphere of life that the Lord has placed us in. But folks, that's not the case. We serve God before a watching world and the Lord looks upon your life and the Lord looks upon my life and he's wanting us to just say a wee word in season when the door of opportunity presents itself before us just 20 words in the whole of scripture that this little maid said but those words ended up in the royal palace in Syria They led to Naaman listening to what she had to say and taking his entourage and going to meet the man of God, Elisha. And although there was a debate that took place when he took all his pomp and all his ceremony to this prophet that was in the wilderness, nonetheless, The conclusion was that the Lord blessed. And he was made whole. In fact, we read there in verse 14, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. We can say he had the new birth, the born again experience. That curse of leprosy was cleansed in a moment of time. And it was all as a means of the faithfulness of an individual. As we bring our thoughts to a close, I wonder Have we been serving God with not less than our all? Have we seized those opportunities in your life and in mine to speak up and to speak out for the Lord Jesus Christ? Or could it be this evening that we, we know nothing of this new birth? We know nothing of having confidence in God and faith in the living God. Perhaps we've not even started out for heaven and for home. We're not here by chance. We said this this morning. We're not here by chance this evening. But in the determinant counsel and foreknowledge of a great God, the Lord has planned for you to be here. He's planned for you and I to take note of a nameless little maid that lived in the house of a kidnapper over 2,000 years ago. He's brought us to this place so that we can see that her faithfulness to the God of heaven led to the curing of the captain Of the King of the host of Syria. And what the Lord wants to do this evening is He wants to see that same faithfulness in your life and in mine. I wonder if we've been serving God. I wondered if we've been trusting in the God of heaven. I wondered if we've been looking for those doors of opportunity, or have we never even got off the blocks. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Up until this moment in time. No the Bible says the Lord is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. And the Bible says that the Lord Jesus came. And he came to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And he longs. That this night, men and women and young people may call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I trust that as we reflect upon and, and contemplate the details that we are given in just three small verses of this nameless made that we don't know much about. Don't know about her family. Don't know about her age. Don't know if she had siblings. But we know this, that she knew the God of heaven and she was used by him.